Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Max Sports. I'm the host that named it all, Max, here today, sharing you some fun topics I found across the NFL today. Got a bit of an improv episode. We're going to have to have a couple of those as we get throughout the year. We have a long off season ahead of us. Not every day is going to be an amazing day. I have a little bit of talk about some random news around the NFL. Then I want to do some combine talk because we're getting to be around that time where the NFL combine is wrapping up. For those who had, again, been patient with me, again, I'm this is day two coming back from my weird unplanned hiatus with the power outage. So thank you as we start to get our audience back here again. I want to make sure that I'm not losing you guys due to the, the untimely break. So again, like I announced in the last one, I will be making a Facebook uh, account or fan page where not only can we do Q&As, but I also can inform you guys where if an episode's coming out later or my internet goes down or whatever the, you know, whatever happens, I'll be able to communicate with you guys much better. I think that'll make a much smoother transition. I think it also help build a bigger audience. That is all things I'm very excited to do. With all that being said, I'll get through all the little bits. I want to share some things about a quarterback that was cut today. I want to share a little bit about maybe some trade options. I'll do part one today. It will just be news around the NFL. These are players. These are coaches. These are, this is talk that, that can get you, you know, this is, these are players in the league. Part two will be some combine talk because apparently we have some big prospects that might not be participating in the combine. And I kind of want to give my thoughts just on the NFL combine in general. With all that being said, we are underway with episode 21 now. There is a 22. Episode 21 or 22. We've made so many now, who knows? I, I will have the number for you guys in the title. With all that being said, let's go. Before we get into our biggest segment of the day, I want to share a huge project I'm working on that I know some of you are going to be interested in. Max Sports is branching out into maxed movies. I can conquer the entertainment industry with my terrible opinions and rants, and I thought, and you know, really breaking in on the movie industry would be something I would love to do. It is not going to be as frequent, and as of right now, it is still a thought that I am developing, but it is in the works. Keep your eye out for Maxed Movies. I will be uploading the first episode this week on this show, so it will look different. I'll have a different cover art. It will not be a Maxed Sports episode. It will be Maxed Movies. Therefore, from that episode, I will then push it out once I create the account for it. I will then have a link to go to that page where you can then follow it if you are more interested in movies. Main thing with it is I love talking. It is one of the best things I'm at, you know, good at. And being able to share another topic that I could talk your ears off with. The movie industry is something that's always fascinated me. And so having something, maybe you're not a fan of the gridiron. Maybe you're not a fan of sports and throwing the pigskin around. What? I don't know what this sports ball is, but you're a nerd like me. In the back of my head, I love nerd stuff. I can go into details of movies all day. I will be doing my first review, which is based on the new Ant-Man Marvel project that has recently dropped. If that interests you, keep an eye out for Max Movies coming to you soon. Now that I got all the self-promotion out of the way... and. 
for those who listen through it. I do appreciate it. It's me just trying to share more projects that I'm helping you guys out with. We will move on to the big news of the day. We have a free agent quarterback joining the QB carousel. Now, unfortunately, this is someone that probably doesn't want to be on it, like, you know, someone like Derek Carr, who probably does. His name is Carson Wentz. Now, the problem with Carson Wentz is this is his third team and three years, fourth. He could, I mean, whatever team he goes to will be his fourth team. This move obviously saves a ton of salary cap room for the Washington Commanders. I think some people believed he could have come in and kind of been what a lot of people will assume Derek Carr becomes at whatever destination he chooses this offseason. But Carson Wentz was not only injury prone, but he just was not a very good quarterback this year. He had 11 touchdowns to nine interceptions. It was not a very pretty season for him. And on top of it, he only played eight games. So he averaged over a turnover a game and didn't even play half the season. I'm starting to worry about Carson Wentz. The main reason for it is it's to the point where it's make or break. I thought this was his make or break scenario. I thought maybe, you know, let's do the Carson Wentz timeline. Huge potential draft pick with the Philadelphia Eagles. I believe it was 2016 draft. Played like an MVP candidate in 2018. People were picking them to win the Super Bowl. Well, they do win it, but there was one player missing, and that was Carson Wentz. Honestly, when I remember prime Carson Wentz, it kind of reminds me of what Josh Allen was, but maybe a little safer with the ball, a little bit less of a cannon as an arm. But, man, he showed such flashes of being an elite player in this league to the point where even just two years ago, maybe his final season in Philly, I was kind of viewing it as like, oh, he's still got to be a top 10 guy. Now, I don't know who's going for the Carson Wentz, like who wants a slice of the Carson Wentz pie right now. This guy is just a turnover machine. He can't stay healthy, and every place he's going to is not the not a good fit. And unfortunately, it's not going to ever be a good fit again because no team is going to go out of their way to go, Carson Wentz. You are going to be our franchise quarterback. Nobody's going to do that anymore. I am starting to worry that this is the end of Carson Wentz in the NFL. And that's something I couldn't even imagine saying maybe two years ago. Craziness, honestly, if you ask me. Now, he can sign with any team, but I think there's definitely a few teams he is not going to be signing to. The Colts, the Eagles. Pretty much any team that he's just recently been on. But on top of that, I don't know who really goes for him. He's a veteran guy. I mean, I don't know. He'll probably have to be a backup. I kind of view, even though he's had better highs than this quarterback, I kind of view him as a Mitch Trubisky right now, where he'll probably be a starter for a team until a younger rookie comes in and eventually takes his job halfway through the season. I, I don't really know what team would you like really view him as a, a top uh, a pick or like a top quarterback to really build the team around. I don't know who is believing that. 
And it, it's just astonishing to me the fact that this is almost over. It's almost the end of the Carson Wentz era. I wouldn't say I'm shocked after his his commander's debut and his first season there. Again, the injuries, he's not durable. He plays too much hero ball. He's way too loose. His mechanics are sloppy. And that was something that before his injuries in the right scheme was something that could be covered up, but not necessarily much anymore. It is a weird feeling to think that Carson Wentz has flopped out of the league because at one point in time, people thought that Jared Goff was going to be the flop and Carson Wentz, uh, the quarterback that went right after him, was going to be the real superstar of the two that went you know, first and second overall that year. And it, looking at it now, Goff is still a franchise quarterback and Carson Wentz is probably not a starter next year. If not, he's just a bridge quarterback to get you to a starter. Now, I think the best thing that could happen with Carson Wentz now is maybe a year off, not like out of the league, but maybe just take a break from starting, stick with the team, sign a multi-year deal where you can get yourself back into the league, maybe be a backup to a, you know, a veteran or, you know, be, be a backup, be a mentor to a younger quarterback. If there's an injury, obviously Wentz has started in big games and he has had MVP candidate, you know, games in the NFL, which is not something you can get much of from a backup quarterback. So there is still room for him in this league, but never what you would have expected for, you know, Carson Wentz, a guy that the Philadelphia Eagles traded you know, all of their draft capital to move up and select second overall, just to what feels like a few years ago. But I think there's one thing that people kind of forget sometimes when it comes to sports soccer, just players in general. Every few years, we need to look back and kind of look at these players as every season ends and go, wow, what happened to that guy? Well, I think this is a perfect example. I think a couple of years go by and people go, man, what happened to Carson Wentz? He was an elite quarterback. He was, you know, the MVP front runner the year before he tore his ACL. And even though he's, he has a Super Bowl ring, but he didn't play in the game. Bottom line though is Carson Wentz, he will be a name that I think a lot of people wonder what happened to. And you could say, yes, partially it was his injury issues, but also the fact is just how he really played if it didn't go perfect, it got really ugly really fast. And unfortunately, a very turnover-prone guy like him isn't going to get many options after a rookie contract. You can deal with that. Like in, an example, you can deal with like a Justin Fields throwing interceptions or, I mean, not in this case, but Zach Wilson, mainly due to the fact that they're on a rookie deal still. They're very young and they're still learning the game. But I don't want a guy in Carson Wentz that threw more interceptions than some starters that started every game this year. I don't want him being the starting quarterback. What I think the future is the case for the Washington Commanders, unfortunately, unless they really trade assets, which I don't know if they'll be able to, I think they'll probably will just keep building their team. They'll probably have to start Taylor Heineke, unfortunately, even though they burned the bridge with him by benching him. And I think we'll probably have to see, you know, them draft maybe an Anthony Richardson or go for Hendon Hooker, the Tennessee product, uh, and maybe try and draft them in later rounds, knowing that they aren't going to be able to get, you know, one of the top prospects this year, barring giving up all your draft capital, which they really don't have much. 
I think they'll probably just be a middle of the road team. I think Heineke plays a safer style of, of quarterback that will help help a, an average team maybe win a couple games that they shouldn't. Whereas I think Wentz kind of plays a style of football where sometimes those turnovers can cost you against teams that you should beat. So I'm not surprised it frees up a lot of cap room. It could maybe help. You know, hey, I have not mentioned this actually at all. This just popped in my head as I was talking, but maybe it could be a Derek Carr landing spot. You got the defense. You got a decent line. You got some good weapons. Keep an eye on that. I know there hasn't been any talk about him going there, but hey, that could open up as an opportunity that I just didn't really think of until now. Let me know what you guys think. I'm going to start trying to get more Q&As on here as well. Add a question. If you ever have any comments, questions, concerns, I will be putting those in my episodes. So for Spotify listeners, type in your thoughts. If you want to say, hey, talk about Carson Wentz. I just have a fascination with ginger quarterbacks, and I want you to talk about them. The best way of doing that is messaging me in Spotify until I make my new social media accounts. Another thing that I thought was interesting today, if we're talking about another quarterback now, this was not a cut, but it is a quarterback in the same division. And we got some news coming out of the Dallas area. Apparently, son of Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, believes that Dak Prescott can lead the Cowboys to the Super Bowl. I mean, he said he has faith in him, in the world, that we can win this thing with Dak I think this is something that is much necessary to be said, and it's a weird reason of why. But Dak Prescott did not have a great season this year. If we're we're ripping on Carson Wentz, but Dak Prescott was not much better of a quarterback in the time that he was a starter. He missed games. He threw 15 interceptions, only to 23 touchdowns. So he's a very turnover-prone average quarterback. Didn't even get over 300 yards or 3,000 yards passing was just a very average quarterback that had his high games where he'd throw for three touchdowns, but then he'd have his ugly games where he throws for one touchdown and two interceptions. And honestly, you could argue Dak Prescott's 29 years old. He was one of the veteran quarterbacks in this NFC playoffs. He's not a young buck anymore. He's not on a young deal either. He is an experienced vet that is paid like an experienced vet. And when you don't outperform people below you, that is a problem. Perfect example, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, being paid Gogurt and saltine crackers, was able to outperform Dak Prescott in the divisional round of the NFC playoffs. That is something that is not acceptable if you are paid like a top 10 quarterback. Shoot, Dak Prescott's paid like a top 5 quarterback in the league. He is a good quarterback. He is paid like an elite quarterback. That is one of the biggest problems you can have in football, mainly due to the fact that he is eating so much of your cap room. If your salary cap is a pie and you can, that that is how all of the money across your roster is, is built. Dak Prescott is half of your pie right now. Is that what you really want? A guy who is average taking almost all of, of your cap? No. And especially when you have Jalen Hurts still on a rookie deal, Brock Purdy, who was on a rookie deal, Tom Brady, 
who, despite being arguably a better quarterback this year, despite his age, was cheaper than Dak Prescott. These are the reasons why I have concerns for Dak. And on top of it, he's had his injury concerns, and he hasn't been getting much better. I think Dak Prescott is a finished product. I don't see him ever really being an MVP candidate, and I don't really see him improving much more beyond being a top, on a good day, top 8 to top 16 quarterback in the league. Average. That's not bad, but it's average. And that you don't want to pay average. Sometimes average can look good or bad depending on how much money is being paid towards it. Average can look really good if it's Brock Purdy. Like I said, he is very affordable. You can put more weapons around average. But once you have to pay average, then it hurts your cap room and you have to let people go. And they're not getting any better because they're average. And because of that, the the team will slowly go down. It's a sad roller coaster that just slowly goes down a hill. Average never improves. And when you pay average, the rest of the team falls apart. Look at other examples around the league. Ryan Tannehill, average. Look at what happens after his contract. The Titans fall apart. Look at it. And it happens all the time throughout the league. Teams overvalue average, and it costs them when it comes to winning big games. However, though, uh, Stephen Jones says otherwise. Now, I honestly will rip on the Jones family all day and all night. I know Jerry Jones is a Hall of Famer, and he claims to be a, a guy who knows the game of football. The Cowboys have not won a Super Bowl in my lifetime. They're always hyped up to be that. They always have talent. And while sometimes he can be a good talent evaluator, I think sometimes Jerry Boy shines too much in the light of the star and doesn't really look at the meat and potatoes of the team. Or he falls in love with players like Zeke Elliott, makes him the highest paid running back in the NFL, despite running like a little Ewok from Star Wars and not really being able to be an impact player on the team and really hasn't for two years now. I don't really know where we're going here when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. I think that they'll probably be a middle-of-the-pack playoff contender. What I mean by that is they will obviously make the playoffs, but no way in heck I'm picking them to win the or go to the NFC Championship game. They'll probably be a wild-card appearance, either beat a mediocre team and lose in the divisional rounds, or they'll just probably lose in the wild-card like we all know that they do. How about them Cowboys? Well, I think we know them pretty well right now, and I don't see them getting any better. Some people blame Kellen Moore, their offensive coordinator, but again, a lot of people also thought that Kellen Moore was going to be a head coach by this time now and was just trying to hold on to see if they could win a Super Bowl in Dallas. Now he's the Los Angeles Chargers offensive coordinator, and you know maybe they can bring in a new Offensive play caller, uh, Brian Schuttenheimer is apparently their new offensive coordinator. I've just checked my notes. But Mike McCarthy's calling the plays. It's still the same coach. It's still the same quarterback. Maybe if you made a, a, an amazing draft, maybe then the Cowboys will make it into the playoffs. Or not the playoffs, but the Super Bowl and potentially win it. But unfortunately, I'm looking at your division rival Eagles as a team that's much more competitive and much more elite on several ends of the ball compared to you guys. So as of now, don't really believe in 
the Cowboys. I think they'll be a good team, and I think that that should not be taken for granted knowing how bad some teams are in this league. But at the end of the day, I don't necessarily believe in Stephen Jones. I think Dak's a fine quarterback, but I don't see them going to the uh, to the Super Bowl. All right, friends, I am back with our second part of today's episode. Now I'm going to be talking about some NFL Combine fun. And here's my pitch to those who don't like the draft and the Combine. It is like looking forward. It's like the the trailer to the next football season. It's like seeing a movie trailer before it happens. You can kind of dream about Who's my team going to pick? What if we get a quarterback? You can dream about it. You can scout players. It's a really fun experience. And I hope those who kind of get pushed away from the offseason and only really pay attention to the regular season do enjoy the offseason more. Because honestly, I think sometimes the offseason can help us show who's destined to be a good team in the regular season. I've always been pushed away from regular fans that blindly look at their team and go, this year's the year. And I go, did you look at their offseason? Did you see who we drafted? Did you see who we signed? Did you see who retired? Or are you just saying that? Because when people just say that, they're clueless. You know, uh, it, if there's actually, what, a New Orleans Saints fan out there, or, a, you know, I'm trying to think of, like, the really bad teams in the NFL right now. Like, um... Let's see, Chicago Bears. If you're a Bears fan, are you really saying you're going to go to the Super Bowl next year? No. You're hoping for a decent turnaround. Maybe pull a winning record out if you're lucky. See Justin Fields develop. But, like, the blind faith is something that always has driven me nuts with, with casual football fans sometimes. With that being said, I will get into our fun draft talk. So, the NFL Combine is coming soon. It's not the most fun thing. I think the NFL Combine is one of the most overrated things when it comes to the offseason. It's pretty much allowing teams to completely overthink the draft process. You always see the freak athlete slide up the the draft polls and mock drafts due to the fact that he ran a 4-2 or something ridiculous, or a guy that did a lot of push-ups, or a guy that maybe ran some routes well. At the end of the day, though, I don't necessarily always believe the Combine is the best resource when it comes to truly evaluating players. You get to see their physical traits, and you do get to interview the players, but that's not necessarily something that I think is huge. And apparently these two players don't either. One of them is the big defensive lineman from Georgia, Jalen Carter. He will not be working out at the Combine. I'll say this first before I get into our second player. I don't blame him. And there's a big reason why I don't think he should. Injury. And that might sound stupid, but that does happen sometimes. It's something that happens all the time. Why would you want to do workouts and run around when you could blow out your leg or blow out, you know, your knee or something running sprints? in a combine where you haven't been paid yet. I'm trying to look it up right now because I'm trying to remember the name. It was kind of a unique name. Uh, But there was a player last year for the University of Michigan, David Ajabo. That's what it was. He was a guy promised to pretty much be a first-round draft selection last year, 
blew out his Achilles, missed the entire season last year, and went from a first-round pick, probably mid to late first, to I think he fell to the second or third round. And while that doesn't sound like much, it meant a lot for his wallet. Jalen Carter is going to probably go no later than pick five in in the NFL draft, no matter what he does from here on out, as long as he doesn't get arrested. So why go to the combine and, and work out where you could potentially hurt yourself? No. You have achieved everything you needed to on the field. The combine is for people that need to prove their physical attributes because they didn't get maybe get the opportunities on the field or not everyone saw their tape and people get to then see it in real life. But Jalen Carter, you've done it all. Don't do the workouts. I don't blame him. I think it's a smart decision. However, though, the other player is Bryce Young, the Alabama quarterback who a lot of people believe are the is the top not only prospect but quarterback of this draft. Now, a lot of other quarterbacks, CJ Stroud, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson will all be throwing, but Bryce Young will not. He will wait for his own pro day uh, later in March, apparently, to throw. He will still do all of the measurements and medical stuff, obviously. And again, there will be a you know uh interviews as well that he can go through during the combine but honestly i don't think that this is a big issue as well i think again this is my definition of the nfl combine it is a place for people that want to improve their draft stock not necessarily maintain it if you are bryce young you have proven everything you've played in the national championship of college you have been a heisman trophy winner You have made amazing plays throughout your career at Alabama and, what, only lost three games or four games in his entire time at at Alabama? The dude's a star. He's going to be going in the top three of the draft. He'll probably be the first quarterback off the board. Why? Why do the, you know, why don't want to throw your arm out? Sounds stupid, but it happens. He is a walking lottery ticket that is just cashed. Why would you just carefully set it next to your paper shredder while you're waiting to go cash it in? Don't do that. You go and you take care of and you do whatever you need in order to make sure that that ticket cashes. I'm not stupid when I say this, guys. You see it all the time. Like I said with David Ajabo, the pass rusher that got hurt last year, why risk it? If you want to improve your draft stock, I understand it. If you think that running a 4-2 as a receiver could move you maybe from a fifth-round pick to a fourth-round pick or a fourth-round pick to a second-round pick, obviously do it. But when you're the, the top stars, obviously do some interviews, but you don't need to, you don't need to show off your, your arm. You've done it for two years as a starter. So for anyone criticizing them for not doing the combine, I know another player that got criticized last year was Kayvon Thibodeau. A lot of people thought that he had a bad work ethic. And while I think there have been some questions with Kayvon Thibodeau's career so far, I mean, he didn't want to injure himself. He did the bench press. He did a couple activities and then left early. You can judge his character for leaving early after promising to do stuff. But again, why risk it? Why risk it? If I was 
um, you know, a can't miss prospect in the NFL draft. I'm not, you know, going ATVing and potentially flipping it, or I'm not going to play street basketball where I could blow out a knee until that paycheck is cashed. It makes sense. It's generational wealth. So anyone criticizing it obviously has no clue for what's at stake for these guys. You could say, oh, he he doesn't care about the league. He doesn't care. He's not doing all the stuff. The combine's optional. Some people don't even get invitations to it. Until the combine has a true meaning or is demanded to be a part of the draft process, don't hate these players for not choosing to do it. I don't. Finally, with our little off-season talk, again, I want to draw some interest towards the NFL draft. This kind of sparked some interest based on the fact that I had my draft special episode yesterday that had dropped. If you did not get that and you're a big fan of mock drafts, I released my first one ever to the public. I shared it with everyone, picks 1 through 31, as the Dolphins have forfeited their pick due to violations. I felt like I did a pretty good job. I did a lot of research. I put my blood, sweat, and tears into it. So I would much appreciate if you're a fan of Draft Talk to go check it out. Speaking of it, though, the Chicago Bears, according to sources, are moving, or not moving, leaning toward moving the number one overall pick in the draft. Now, this comes with the fact that some people were debating the future of Justin Fields. Some people thought that they were going to, you know, potentially trade Fields and draft a different quarterback but at the end of the day like I had said before they've already invested in fields and they have so many holes that they could ship fields but it wouldn't matter who you drafted they're going to get their absolute head taken off and it's never going to be competitive it's not going to be any prettier than what you have with Justin Fields so develop him get him another year in your system as a starter and add some damn pieces around him This is a great thing that Chicago should be doing, and it's mainly what I thought that they would be doing, which is trading out of the first overall pick. You could argue that there are probably five to seven teams behind them that all want a quarterback. Because of that, your pick is the most valuable one in the draft because that is the pick that says, I cut everyone else in line, I go first, and I pick the quarterback I want. You don't pick what's left, you pick the quarterback of the draft. Whether that is a C.J. Stroud or a Bryce Young, who really knows? I think this is a great decision for the Chicago Bears because they need pieces everywhere. And they can get a ton of capital for trading out of that first overall pick. We've seen it several times before, quarterback-needy teams. I remember the big year with uh, 2012 was the first NFL draft I watched, and there were two can't-miss prospects that were blowing up college. We had Andrew Luck, probably the most polished prospect I've ever seen when it comes to the quarterback position. It breaks my heart what happened to him when it comes to his, his injury issues because I think he's easily a Hall of Famer, in my opinion when it comes to what his potential was. And I don't want anyone ever to think he was a bust. And then the other one was Robert Griffin III, a highly touted dual threat quarterback from Baylor that unfortunately had injuries cost him his career as well. But the Washington then 
Redskins, but now Commanders, traded up to the second overall pick to get him. Other examples, the Atlanta Falcons uh, in 2001 trading up from 2-1 to one to get Michael Vick. I know Jared Goff was traded when the Rams moved up from 15-1 to one to get him. There's other quarterbacks that have, you know, I remember, I believe it was the Titans that traded up to second overall to get Marcus Mariota the year um, Jameis Winston went first overall to the Buccaneers. We've seen quarterback trades. That's the bottom line. That's the punchline there with that whole rant. But I think there'll be a lot of quarterback-hungry teams. Houston, Indy, potentially Washington, New Orleans, Carolina. There's a ton of teams that need quarterbacks. You could say Atlanta, too, if they don't believe in Desmond Ritter. Now, some of these, this will be handled through trades. Again, another team like the Raiders. It could be Aaron Rodgers. It could be Derek Carr. It could be, I wouldn't be happy if it was Carson Wentz, but maybe that's an option for a team. I think that trading out could get them at least a couple first-round picks, maybe even more. And there's how you add your team. You'll probably be able to trade out, still get the player that you want, and on top of it, add, what, two first-round picks, maybe a player or something like that. I think it is a great decision for the Chicago Bears. I think this will help their rebuild It'll speed it up, obviously, by adding more talent in the upcoming drafts this year and next year. And I think it'll really help them also determine if Justin Fields is the guy. Because the great thing about it, too, is if they trade out of this pick, let's say they go and trade out to four and let Indy move up. Well, Indy selects their quarterback. Who knows? Maybe Will Anderson or Jalen Carter is available there. Chicago gets their stud pass pass rusher that they want. Well, let's say a year goes by and, well, Justin Fields just isn't it. He had another terrible year despite adding pieces and using a ton of your cap room, and you're done with it. Well, would you look at that? You probably had a bad year if Justin Fields isn't the guy because you still have some holes. And on top of it, now you have all of the picks to acquire whatever quarterback you want next year whether it's Caleb Williams, I know Drake May is a hot name out of North Carolina, you will have the ability to get a quarterback. I think this is an absolute home run by the Bears. While I don't like that as a a Lions fan, I think it's a great move for their organization due to the fact that 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 organization has been a dump for quite some time. I think this is a great way of proving if Justin Fields is the guy or not. And this is a fact I almost didn't believe. And this is coming from an organization, the Chicago Bears, one of the oldest organizations in the NFL. Did you know, fun fact of the day, everybody, did you know that the Chicago Bears have never had a quarterback that has passed for 4,000 yards? Ever. Not even Jay Cutler. Not Justin Fields. In in the history of, of Chicago Bears, in a single season, no quarterback has ever passed for 4,000 yards. And that is the only team in the NFL. Even expansion teams like the Texans, the, the expansion Browns, the, the Jaguars, they've all had 4,000-yard passers. Even the worst team you can imagine has at least had a year where a quarterback went off and threw at least over 4,000 yards. I can't believe that. So, honestly, if there's one thing that's holding Chicago back is the fact that they've never really had an elite quarterback. 
I think that they need one in order to really establish a new era of Bears football. I've always kind of felt like they are like it's like watching a museum in real life, watching like a Bears Packers game, because obviously the Packers have Rodgers, but the Bears are just kind of playing this old offense where you really don't have a quarterback to to run the offense. I honestly, I think if Fields is the guy, it'll be proved uh, proven based on his performance next year. Is Fields the guy to break that record? I don't know. He's more of a dual threat. I'd love to see it happen. I've, I honestly really like Justin Fields coming out of Ohio State. I wanted my Lions to actually get him for a while. But at the end of the day, only time will tell with this. I think that this is a great decision again by the Bears. I'm only looking forward to seeing how this will affect mock drafts. And maybe it means I'll have to make mock draft 2.0 very soon. With all that being said, thank you all for listening. I'm glad I'm back. Again, this is stuff that absolutely brings joy to my life. So thank you all for listening. Hoping you're having a great day. Take care.